Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of We'll See You in Hell, the podcast brought to you by the Fangoria Podcast Network. For more information about the network, including other programs, how to follow this show and other shows and find past episodes of any show, of course, including We'll See You in Hell, please visit Fangoria.com. And here we are. I am on one side of your head and my man, Pat Walsh. Hey, yeah. On the other, we're still getting a few complaints about why the audio is split. We just do it so if you want to watch these movies with us, you can send that right up the middle, and it'll it'll feel like you're sitting in between me and Pat <laughs> on the couch in a nice sa- sandwich. Every young lady and gentleman's dream. Yeah. Uh, our podcast today finds us uh, in Los Angeles about... Uh, 11.30 in the morning. Uh, T-minus about 12 hours from T-gives. Yes. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And we have whiskey in our coffee. I'm I not bl- embarrassed to admit that to anybody. No, I put a splash in there. <laughs> uh, we're doing The Prophecy today. Not really a Thanksgiving-themed movie. We did Thinner last. Thinner, we should probably should have done this and then Thinner today, but... Whatever. Well, you know, oddly enough, until I was doing the introduction with you for Thinner, I didn't put together that I could have I could be making a Thanksgiving joke. I just used my sweet, sweet improv head, and I said Thinner, even though you get fatter on Thanksgiving. But it's That's not like true. we planned it. That's very true. That was right off the cuff. So let's not beat ourselves up too much. I'm not beating. I'm not beating anything. Prophecy. Uh, I currently I can't tie it to Thanksgiving in any way. I'm just thinking there's a religious element. Okay, pretty there's good. There's not very religious stuff to do with Thanksgiving, is there? Also, it stars Christopher Walken, and Ooh. you'll be walking to the bathroom after you eat that big meal. Yeah. Perfect. It stars Christopher Walken, who looks like he hasn't eaten ever. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's never eaten solid food in his life. Yeah. Uh, cue it up now. Get to your Netflix. Find the the prophecy. We're going for the first one now, not any of the sequels. The original prophecy. Cue that up as we talk here for the next minute or so. And then we'll get going. Uh, Pat, wh- what are you most thankful for this year? Oh, I, you and this podcast, Joe. Uh, it gives me a place to go, you know. Otherwise, I'd just be wandering the streets, masturbating into bushes. <laughs> You know, life was bleak for me until we got this podcast going. If there was any... For two hours a week, I'm off the streets. If, just, you know? if there just was any thread of sincerity in that, it would have meant <laughs> something. I mean, the sarcasm, and I'm thankful for you. That almost, I am that thankful. That was almost for, hurtful, almost. I am thankful for you and this podcast. Uh, I am, too. But, you know, what am I going to do? Like, family, you know. Well, I didn't say do that. You know. I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things, to, to be honest. Yeah? Uh, that big dick of yours? The big old dong. Yep. Um, you know, I got I got good things going. Yeah. Yeah. You're gainfully employed, as they say. Rich, others would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, got a beautiful house, beautiful lady. The world's my oyster. Uh-huh. And I'll take a baker's dozen. <laughs> what? <laughs> I uh, I agree. You know, look, I'm thankful too. You know, yeah. all's going well. I seem to have had a roof over my head for telling what I consider to be almost substandard jokes <laughs> for the last twelve years. You and America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing all right, you know. There's a lot of people out there who don't have it so lucky. That's something important to remember. There, yeah. Yeah. You know? And there's other people out there that look lucky that are unhappy, and those are the unluckiest folks of all. Right, right. You know what I mean? Uh, let's start the movie, John. <laughs> <laughs> now you're hitting way too close to home. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Prophecy, uh, you should be paused on the first frame so we can count off together and hit play. Uh, one, two, three, play. Here comes that old Miramax logo. That old Miramax opening logo. Um, I rented this movie as a kid when it first came out. Yep. Based solely on the, the scene in the trailer where Christopher Walken goes, uh, I kill you! I kill your firstborn child, or whatever. I, he says something like, <laughs> "Oh, that. he's a southern uh, black woman." <laughs> I was thinking we'd be dueling impressions during this, but now I realize I'm going to win the the, the, the impression. impression. Uh, we both did very well last episode doing impressions of uh, Sam. Uh, I almost said Sam Waterson. Sam, Sam Rockwell? No. I do have a Sam Rockwell impression. Oh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but we were doing... I. You want to hear my Sam Rockwell? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard it, and you've done it on the podcast, but do oh, it again. I have? Yeah. It's not very good. It's all right. It's this is... Uh, by the way, I went to film school. They're using an orange filter on this scene. <laughs> uh, oh. A light orange filter. Well, what's wrong with that? Nothing, Joe. I'm just I'm pretending that I'm telling people something they don't know. Oh, okay. Because the screen is pure orange. Oh, I forgot Eric Stoltz was in this. Stoltz, the original Marty McFly. I forgot he was in this. Yeah, I saw this too. My dad rented it probably thinking it was a religious movie and then discovering it was a horror movie. And as I did with every movie uh, I saw when I was a kid, I had to sneak it after he went to bed, which was like 3 a.m. So I would set my alarm for 3 take a movie downstairs and watch it with my ear pressed to the television. And that's how I watched this, looking for nudity, and I I pretty vividly remember there not being any nudity. No, but you do have your Virginia Madsen in here. and Never been attracted to her. I, I realize she is an attractive woman, but not my... For my money, nobody nobody hotter. Okay. Back back in her prime. I mean, she's still a beautiful woman, but I'm talking... If you're talking prime... If you're talking prime Virgins... Adam Goldberg is in this also? Is that the guy from Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, Dazed and Confused. He's in this? Apparently. It's got to be. He's got really one one trick, and he's been playing it for 30 years. Like where's, Rappaport. Where's he been? But I'm always happy to see him. Michael Rappaport. Uh, uh, he's around. He's on the Jim Gaffigan show, which I think is a pretty funny little sitcom. Amanda Plummer is in this. I didn't. Plummer. God, Viggo Mortensen is in this? Viggo Mortz. Uh, Jesus. Who does he play? The devil? Or does Stoltz play the devil? Well, Stoltz just had glowing orange eyes, so. They were black. They were black eyes. Oh. But not from. Well, no, orange filter. Not from being abused. Like, his eyes literally were black. I actually am wondering if after I made that joke, this might just be the movie, or maybe your TV needs to reset its colors. Because now uh, everything looks orange, unless that was a, dist- a choice. Maybe no, they're like, because, coming out on Halloween. No, because the menu screen for the Apple TV looks fine. That's true, Joe. Sorry. 
<clears throat> I think that we're in some sort of a flashback sequence here. Of course, once again, we've got the subtitles on. Haven't followed a fucking lick of it yet. No. Why do we put these subtitles on? It's good to look down, or sometimes you get a funny subtitle. Like when somebody uh, yells fuck, and it says fuck with an exclamation point. It's always kind of funny. That's kind of funny. Casey uh, Jones. But I'm glancing down now. I'm seeing sons apostles. I'm seeing worthy priests. Uh, oh, these words don't I wouldn't help. be able to read this fast uh, if I wasn't doing a podcast. There's too many words. This is the guy that played Casey Jones in TMNT? He was, yeah, Casey Jones. He still shows up in things. He's a solid little actor. Elias Coteus is his name. That sounds like a demon's name. Yeah. Or n- the name of an angel. Elias Coteus. That's an insane name. What is that? Is that Greek? Uh, what is that, Greek? <laughs> I tell him, it's all Greek to me, Joe. Hey. What does that expression mean? It's all Greek to me? Yeah. It means, like, you know, like it. It's like you're speaking a language I don't understand. Uh, like I don't understand it, yeah. I don't know why they picked on the Greeks for that. No. I feel like you could do it with any language that you don't speak. It's all Japanese to me. Yeah. It's all Spanish to me. That makes more sense. It doesn't yeah. have the same ring to it, though. Greek's probably the most similar to English. Uh, this movie, I'm looking up the movie online right now. It's got a, only a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think, uh, I honestly think standards were a little higher then. Because movies that came out were good, and no movies that come out now are good. So, Viggo Mortensen does play the devil. Okay. Uh, Gabriel. Stoltz is just a a demon. Well, no, Stoltz is Simon, who's clearly an angel because he had black eyes. Right. Adam Goldberg's character is named Jerry. I'm (laughs) assuming he's not a supernatural being in this film. Who do you play in this uh, new uh, horror movie about the devil? Uh, Jerry, I'm I'm playing Jerry. <laughs> He's a car salesman <laughs> with quite an evil streak. Yeah. If well, you... hey, they all have one. Am I right? You ever tried to buy a used car, folks? This the people the are stuff. demons. Uh, I was with a lady friend recently, and we drove by. Ooh. We drove by uh, a meditation center, and she said, "Have you ever gone to that meditation center?" And I said, "It's a center." That you can go to to get centered. And she said, I knew you were going to say that. And the disgust dripping uh, off of her saying, I knew you were going to say that. I mean, she was just disgusted by the joke. (laughs) And you thought, why don't I tell more people the joke? I thought you would like it because it's a dumb joke. Oh, fuck you. I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean like I feel like that would be your kind of joke. No, it's, it's all right. Uh, I thought your joke was going to be, uh, does it look like I've been to a meditation center? <laughs> because you were probably seconds ago screaming at a car yeah, or something. Ex- I was just going to say as I scream at a car. Yeah. Uh, here's some other stuff under the director's belt. Um, Coteus has the same haircut as my aunt. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> uh, th- this, by the way, this movie is almost a complete copy of the Constantine story. Yeah. From, wow. Uh, if you're watching this, go ahead, pause, rewind back. That was the worst actor in film history, the guy that just came in. Why? He goes, hey, you're not supposed to be out here. And then Coteus holds up a cigarette and he goes, sorry. No, no, a badge. Badge. He goes, sorry. I didn't. I Terrible performance. We can't rewind. It's the people we running can. the podcast. You we can. can't rewind. Well, that's something uh, I've learned from working on a TV show is you're like, okay, like a character has one line and they'll go like, uh, miss, my, where's my salad? 
and you're like, well, we don't need to audition people for that part, obviously. <laughs> Anyone can do it. And then you get an actor in, and they'll be like, miss? Like, they don't know how to say the, the words. It's like they've never been a human being before. Well, it's their, it's their, there are no small parts, just small actors. That's true. Now, Simon... Now, what we have so far here is Elia Kazan. What's this fucking guy's name? Elia Kazan directed On the Waterfront, which is Elias Koteas. Eliza Schlesinger, who is playing the main cop in this. Right. Elias Koteas, he was a priest. R&B sensation. Yeah, Elia. Elia, right before her tragic death. Uh, he He was a priest. Now he's a cop. And this angel, played by Eric Stoltz, named Simon, has come to them come to him now i get the feeling that simon is a bad angel yeah and not a good angel and walken is sort of a bad guy too sort of i mean he plays the angel gabriel but he it, it, if i remember correctly he's sort of like an anti-hero in this okay because the premise is that god started to care more about the humans than the angels so the angels started to go fuck the humans have you seen the other prophecies i tried watching two once okay couldn't get through it. Walken stuck in there though for a good three, four of them. Yeah, yeah, he. It really seems like he'll be in almost any movie, and he's such a great actor. I think he's just a guy that works. If he likes the idea, he'll do it. Yeah. Uh, other credits under our director's belt: Gregory Wyden. He wrote Backdraft. Uh, yeah, he did. He was also the engine lieutenant in that movie. Okay. Uh, Highlander. He wrote. He wrote another movie called Weekend War. Not familiar. Wrote another movie called Space Rangers. That was a TV series. I'm not aware of that either. But it's CBS. All right. Wrote an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I love to hear that. Also created and wrote Rescue 77, which I'm assuming is some sort of, like, fire person show, right? I don't know, Joe. I just want you to be here and present with me. I just like giving the people little facts. Yes, it was a show about firefighters on the WB. Well, he was a firefighter. How did you know that? Because I I did my research prior to the film, right. seconds prior to the film. I was in the bathroom. As I heard say, dropping a deuce, yeah. more like a trace. <laughs> Sounded more like an ocho to me. <laughs> now another angel has just landed who looks evil. Yeah. Subtitles are saying ominous, ominous music, music continues. Yeah. That's how long the ominous music <laughs> subtitle's been up there. A horror movie, there's probably going to be ominous music throughout. I don't know that we need this. <clears throat> what are your thoughts on the Stoltz man? I have always enjoyed Stoltz. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of your friend Jim, who's coming in today. Yeah, they have a similar if quality. Uh, what? Jim doesn't have long, flowing red hair, nor would he be able to do a fly battle like this. Stoltz, have you seen the footage of Stoltz as Marty McFly? Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it wasn't wasn't Michael J., but what is, you know? I wonder how he feels about, like, that being, like... Especially, because Back to the Future winds up in the news every two weeks because they went to some date in the movie, (laughs) and it's like, oh, now it's that date. That's happened ten times in my life. Right. They went to a lot of dates, folks. Right. It's not that exciting. They're time travelers, and it's fake... It's a fake movie. Anyway, uh, Stoltz, like, anytime it comes up, there'll be news articles, magazine articles. Every documentary goes into how Stoltz was bad in the role. Like, he probably doesn't like that. 
Probably uh, hurts his feelings, folks. I mean, I, I'm hard-pressed to believe he was bad in the role. He just didn't have the charisma. Like, when I watched it, you're like, no, nah, that wouldn't have worked. I mean, the, the, the guy, who's the guy that wrote it with? Uh, Bob Gale. Yeah. But, like, you, sh- you shoot this thing, you shoot for, like, three weeks, they fire you, and then it goes on to become a three-movie international phenomenon. It's got to sting a little bit. Well, Bob Gale this last time came out and was like, because people were starting to say, like, well, you should release the Stoltz cut. We'd all like to see it. Yeah. Bob Gale came out this year and was like, I've seen the Stoltz cut. There's a reason it's never been released. Yeah. It's like, gee, have a little tact. <laughs> Christ it's almighty. It's horseshit. Uh, I think he went as far as to say, had it been released, it wouldn't. we wouldn't be sitting here talking about the movie today. Dang. I mean, that seems unnecessarily harsh. That's what I'm saying. Like, Stoltz, Stoltz doesn't see. deserve this. I like Stoltz, uh, you know, Pulp Fiction, Singles. Uh, he's, he's a good bit part guy, and I, I like him in a pretty underrated indie movie called Mr. Jealousy. Uh, I've heard good things about Mr. Jealousy. Uh, I love him in Pulp Fiction. He could be my favorite character in the entire movie. Yeah, he's a, just perfect in that drug dealer part. Yeah. Uh, who did he? What was the other one you just said? Um, Bef- you, oh, pul- Singles. He's like the. Mime. He has a very small part. The oh, mime that's right. Pick up. The, uh, oh, that's right. And he's like a real dick. Yeah. He's great in that He's part. funny in that, yeah. He's a great character actor. Where's he been? But it's, maybe not a lead. Maybe not Stoltz a... Stoltz he been up to? You see, still see Stoltz. I think he directs TV now, if I'm not mistaken. I think he did like a bunch of uh, CSI type shows, but that could be wrong. Not a bad gig? No. That's big money. Not a bad gig? Your boy Fred Savage went into television directing for a while. He did. It's it's so smart. He's like, I you actors waste days and days standing around doing nothing. And he was like, hey, instead of whining about craft service, maybe I'll learn how to direct. And he's got a second career. Yeah. Smart. Very smart. Then he shows that beautiful face in, in the, uh, I almost called it the Terminator. <laughs> it's yeah. not called the Terminator. Yeah. Whatever that lawyer show is, it's Terminator very funny. Terminator Grind The Grinder, yeah. Yeah, Very I like funny. the grinder quite a bit, and I think Fred steals the show, and he's a he's a great looking man to this day. Older than me, looks significantly younger. Man. Love seeing the Mrs. Charlie Day in that move in that show too. Mary Elizabeth Ellis. I think we've talked about the grinder. I think we talked about it so long ago that you had seen an advance of it on a plane. Yes, and I expressed my I almost call it love for Mrs. Charlie Day. Yeah, find her to be just a a, a blast of sunshine. Okay. Take it easy. Uh, it's not love. It's, you know, I don't know her. I've never She's even met married. her. Yeah. Ominous music continuing. Uh, you no, jumped I, off I of that. You jumped off of that quick. Was it that weird? I was just being it funny. It wasn't weird at all. I used to hang out with her. She's great. She's delightful. They're all good people. She seems like a girl you could sidle up to in a bar just throw them back for a while with. Probably. <laughs> you know. Seems like fun. I don't know now. People get married and have kids, and then they don't throw drinks back in bars anymore. Yeah, I call that turning on the pussy switch. I <laughs> think uh, most people turn on that switch or else their lives quickly become a shambles. Not JoJo. Well, I'm you're not married with kids. How, do, how can you, the Virginia Madison first appearance in the film, how can you not find this woman attractive? What's the she, matter with you? She certainly is pretty. She's not my type. That's all I can say. Ugh. Either is this girl. Talk about a girl that looks like you could throw him back. Madsen? Mads looks like you yeah. could. I mean, you know what my dream drinking situation would be? Virginia Madsen 
Michael Madsen. <laughs> I'm right in the middle. Are they bro and sis? Yeah. Oh, okay. I did, uh, which actually came out today, the, the Gilmore Guys podcast, and it was a Pulp Fiction or a Tarantino-themed episode, and I dressed up like anyone would do who has no wardrobe. I dressed up like Michael Madsen from Reservoir Dogs because it's just a black you suit. You have to dress up as a character? It was a live show at UCB, and they were like, we're all dressing up as Tarantino characters. So my buddy uh, Demi was Django. Uh-huh. My other buddy was the Asian schoolgirl from Kill Bill. Why would you not go in in the Stoltz costume? I don't. I had a black robe. That's not going to work. Go buy a blue bathrobe. Yeah. Takes three minutes. And then I thought well, maybe I'll be Tarantino. He also had a bathrobe, but it was like a checkerboard robe. I it looked good. I had a I had a cup from uh, a fast food place. I had a knife. I had a pocket full of ears that I cut out from magazines. It was a cute little costume. All right, fair enough. People enjoyed it. Fair enough. And I did my Madsen impression, which was, sounds exactly like Christopher Walken, to tie it back to this movie. Go ahead. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? I'm getting douche chills. That's such a bad impression. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Here, here's Madsen. Ready? Or are you going to bite? I'll do it. I've never done it before, but I'll do it better. Ready? Mm-hmm. You gonna bark all day, <laughs> little doggy? So it's bite. it's your voice. There's no difference. Look between. at my face, though. <laughs> were you looking at my face? Were you giving me that? No, respect? I mean you were doing a Christopher Walken. Yeah, pretty much. But everyone uh, here's, applauded. Here's my favorite impression to do from Reservoir Dogs. Ready? Yeah. He says, "Daddy's coming down. And he's fucking pissed." <laughs> Chris Penn, I just rewatched that, is so funny in that movie. He's tremendous. Don't you point that gun at my dad. He's tremendous. Yeah, he's really funny. He's tremendous. When he's driving the car and he's going, Larry, he's a wetback, he's a waiter, he's a friend of mine. He's <laughs> just, I mean, he's so yeah. fucking funny in that movie. That's a, that's a, it's a kind of a, well, not even subtly, ra- the dialogue in that movie is pretty racist. But it's, you know, in tune with the characters. Yeah. That scene in particular is like five minutes of just... Kind of rough racism from those guys driving around in the car. Look, that's, Buscemi, everybody. That scene is nowhere, in my opinion, near the level of the scene in the in the office when he wrestles Michael Madsen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and gets into the amount of black semen that's been pumped up his asshole. Yeah, that that that's that gets a little uncomfortable for me. It's wild, and for it to be your first movie, like before, like now, I feel like everybody knows Tarantino's a pretty good guy. I guess. Um, people don't know that back then. It's like, who wrote this thing? Yeah, but that, I think that was still a time when, like, especially in those gangster movies, you could have racist characters, mm-hmm. and it was like, for some reason... Well, yeah, Goodfellas, they're all really racist. They're not all racist at Goodfellas, only Pesci. But, well... Oh, I wait, mean, no, yeah, no, yes Leota, no. too. Leota drops an N-bomb. You're right, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, the, the heroes of the movie. But Pesci's the one where it makes me un- really uncomfortable. Yeah, when he's giving like that like speech about like you, you got the lady says that she finds uh, Sammy Davis Jr. attractive, and he's going like, "That's what I'm you got to watch what you say." Yeah, people and people just might take it the wrong way. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Yeah. I don't want to lean over here and find out I'm I'm kissing that King Cole. Yeah, and then Leota's laughing. And, oh, you're right. Uh, Leota he's like, is. He's like, no. And Pesci's like, am I right? And he's like, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, They're he doesn't really. He doesn't tell him, like, hey, Joe. <laughs> well, his name's not Joe. He's not Look, playing Kenny himself. Kenny Banya. Yeah. 
Kenny Banya. Yeah, Kenny Banya's in this. Wow. This is a star-studded affair. <laughs> it's like what you do one of those previews where it puts everybody's name up, and it's like, Banya, because no one knows his name. <laughs> the, uh, I introduced my mom to Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. earlier, much earlier this year. She wasn't very familiar with it. She fell in love with it, but I showed her. I started out with showing her the Seinfeld reunion episodes. Yeah. In the table read episode, it, when it cuts to him and he goes, it's gold, Jerry, gold. <laughs> my mom lit up. Yeah, and sure. That I, I just thought to myself, my God, that's how tran- transcendent. Is that the word? Uh, that's the, the reach of Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. I was like my almost 70-year-old mother just lit up at, the, at, at a character from Seinfeld that I would consider almost inside baseball. Yeah. It's almost like an alt-comedy joke. It is, really. You know, and like... Go, Jerry. Go. Yeah, yeah. And then that that show also, it works on its own. It's super funny if you don't have any interest in the entertainment industry. But also, the whole gist of it is how Banya is a time slot hit because he's going up after Jerry and he's getting his laughs. Yeah. Because he's like, I killed, and he goes up there and rides the wave. And then he goes, he's like a shark who eats laughs. And George goes, I don't see how a shark could eat laughs. <laughs> Jerry's like, that's not the point. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what they're commenting on was that any show that aired after Seinfeld, they'd be like, check out this new comedy smash. The only reason anyone would watch these garbage shows. I didn't even pick up that that was a commentary. It is. And when you go back and rewatch them now, you're like, man, this show really hates the entertainment industry. It's It holds up tremendously. Yeah. I just watched the pony episode or the. Uh, I the had the pony. I mean, it's his tirade at the table is so funny when mm-hmm. he's trying to explain how out of line this woman is. Yeah, and just the line, "Who leaves a country full of ponies <laughs> to come to a ponyless country?" It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's also like almost everything that happens now in certainly alt comedy, but kind of comedy in general. If you really want to point to things, almost every TV show, every stand-up, everything, you're like, that's that's Seinfeld. Sure. You know, or, like, they'll take a nugget from Seinfeld and take it in their own direction. But, like, the influence goes beyond pretty much anything else. Certainly it, in it, my generation. Like, anytime anybody's doing a bit or talking in a voice or whatever, you're like, you are doing Seinfeld. I think all of my favorite shows, comedy-wise that have existed after Seinfeld have, are, are all undoubtedly and probably would be admittedly heavily influenced by Seinfeld. Oh, a thousand percent. You know, I love It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Clearly a big Seinfeld influence on that. Yeah, of course. Curb, obviously. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm yeah. trying to think what other shows I really love. Even Peep Show, which I'm a really... I just got... I started getting into Peep Show hardcore. I've I been can't hammering stop. Them. They're It's great. really funny. They're great. They're influenced by Seinfeld for sure. Arrested Development, pretty yep. much everything. Yep. How great is Peep Show, man? Peep Show is really, really funny. It's, Those guys are really good. Yeah, I, I watched it obsessively. Yeah, and then I was like, what else have these guys done? And it's like a couple comedy specials, and that's about it. No, they had a very popular sketch show called The Mitchell and Webb Look. Oh, okay. I thought those were England. like one-off specials. No, they had a... They had a, they had a a radio thing called the Mitchell and Webb Sound uh-huh. that was a comedy radio thing, and then it became the Mitchell and Webb Look because right. they turned it into a TV show. And then there was also another thing. They've done a couple movies together. Um, they're, they've done a lot together. They've really gotten the, mo- 
That's walking, by the way. He looks like a young, a young old Pacino. Yeah. He looks kind of like a beautiful woman when he came in the window, the door here. He does look good. This is this is walking sexy age. This is King he looks of New like York a beautiful walking. geisha. <laughs> How much coke do you think this guy has done oh, wow. over the this. years? Walking. I mean, he could also be a guy who's never done coke. He does have that thing. You never know with these people. He's either never done it or done it a billion times. How much do you think Pacino's done over the years? There's no way Pacino hasn't. Pacino's done doing it. coke now. <laughs> the day and his wife's like, "Al, we gotta put the turkey in the oven," and he's like, "No, I'll, I'll be right out, baby. I'll be right out. I just gotta finish uh, washing my hands." Every fucking year, I gotta put this turkey in an oven. Can't I just have a good fucking time? You know, you're supposed to cook. You're the woman. <laughs> I don't know why you have to paint him as a sexist. He's a sexist. Let's be I, honest. He, how is he a sexist? I, I assume with these people. We're just assumed Christopher Walken's a coke addict. Now nah, we gave him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I'll put my money on Pacino. Pacino gotta, and Danny Collins carries... You, uh, yeah, you I told, told you this last week. Yeah. I, I'm going to watch it this week. I believe that in real life he carries a cross filled with cocaine around his neck. Yeah. I saw him once in New York. I almost walked into him because uh-huh. I came around a corner as he was coming down the other side. I literally almost walked into him for two reasons. We were just in our each other's paths, but he also was so focused on the ground. Right. Like he was walking and talking, and he just wasn't looking forward. He was looking down as he was talking. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Pacino it in was, New York, he's probably getting stopped 800 times a, a block. But here's the thing. I bet you he never gets stopped in New York. New York's not a big stop people town. All right. But here's the thing. He, it was, I, I remember this. The cab went the wrong direction that I was in. And this wrong turn that he made cost me, like, it, it, it just fucked the whole trip. It was mm-hmm. like this deadlock traffic. Yeah. To the point where I had to get out and walk because it would be literally three times faster. Right. And I was so mad because it was like 100 degrees in New York. It was so hot out, and I was so pissed that this guy made the wrong turn. And now I had to walk 10 blocks in this heat. And arrive to your thing sweating. I walk around the corner, almost run directly into Pacino, who's wearing not just long <laughs> pants and a like dress shirt, button-down uh-huh. dress shirt, a wool sport coat. Yeah, that sounds right. And a bandana tied around his head. That sounded even more right. And I was just like, does this guy even look at what the fuck? Like, it was crazy to me. Yeah. I think, I mean, well, obviously, he's he's a little nutty. This is disgusting. Yeah, whatever scene we're in now, there's food all over the floor. By the way, food every time. Oh, oh. We're, in, we're, all, we're in Jerry's house. Goldberg can do better, man. Here comes Jerry. I got a little uh, walk-in story. I used to work at Conan. O'Brien in New York when he was on at 1230 on NBC and I was the desk page so I would have to kind of bring up the guests from the street make sure they were comfortable get them what they needed so Walken comes up and the musical guest was Wilco uh-huh. and Wilco was like hey man is there any chance we can say hey to Christopher Walken sometimes like even the the actors right. would be you know like I want to meet so and so right I was like, yeah. I said, I think real quick, and I'm like, but we what we got to do in these situations is just gauge really quick All if right. he's into it or not, because you know I can't be responsible if. And they're like, yeah, no, we got it, we got. It. Right. So it's walking in his wife, and he comes out of his dressing room in a complete tuxedo, 
Right. And his wife, George Ann Walken, who's a huge casting director, casts Sopranos and all <laughs> kinds of shit. She's trying to tie his bow tie in the hallway, and the Wilco guys come up, and he goes, Hey, uh, excuse my impression. <laughs> you guys the band? Right. And they go, yeah. He goes, I didn't get a chance to hear you. Are you a good band? <laughs> they go, yeah, well, we like to think we're pretty good. He goes, that's important. Confidence is very important. <laughs> and, like, it, it was a dream for everyone involved. It was like you couldn't have <laughs> So then she was like, Chris, we got to go. And he's like, where are we going again? He's in a tuxedo. <laughs> she goes, Chris, I told you we're going to this whatever charity thing. And he goes, see, fellas, when you get married, you got to do what your wife tells you to do. You don't get a say. You don't get a say. She she puts a bow tie on me. Now I got to go to an event. I got no say. And they're like, yeah, we, we know that we're married or whatever. And then he goes, let me ask you one question before I head out, fellas. Which one of you here is the drummer? And the drummer raises his hand. And he goes, now I have often heard it said that the drummer in a band gets the girls. <laughs> and they just stare at him. And he goes, I'm asking you, is this true? <laughs> they go, uh, the drummer laughs. And he's like, that's not really been my experience, Christopher. And they all kind of laugh. And he, he doesn't smile. They're, the band is laughing, and he stares at the drummer with his hand out, pointed at him. And he goes, no, it is true. I've always heard that the drummer gets the girls. <laughs> and he goes, that's probably true of a lot of bands. He's like, maybe Ringo got a lot of girls, but, you know, I, it hasn't been my case. And he goes, no, it is. <laughs> I've always heard people say in bands, I got, I got friends in bands, right. that the drummer's the one who gets the girls. Right. And he finally, the drummer was like, yeah, you know, I guess it's true. I The drummers do get the girls. And he goes, see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then he's like, it's nice meeting you, fellas. Shakes their hands, gets in an elevator with his wife. I and, was like, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, the, and all that scene was missing was Kevin Spacey going. And just like that, <sighs> yeah. he was gone. Yeah, yeah. For like the end of Usual Suspect. Right. And that's a perfect story. He uh, was so weird, but, like, very delightful. He could kind of hang in conversation. Did I tell you when I was on Carson Daly and Jeff Goldblum was the guest? No. And I wanted to meet Jeff Goldblum so bad because The Fly is mm -hmm. one of my favorite horror movies ever. And uh, and I just love Jeff Goldblum. Uh, but it was my first TV spot I ever did. And I had nowhere near the gall to ask if I could meet this guy. Right. And I was standing in the hallway. Plus, I mean, you're already flustered because you're getting to meet Carson Daly. Yeah, yeah. I was all wound up about yeah. that, and I was very scared. First TV, I was beyond nervous. Right. Anyway, we're, I'm in the hallway pacing, and my manager goes, don't look now. Here comes your hero. I look up. Goldblum is walking toward me with his entourage. Yeah. He passes me. I don't meet him. This is all I hear as he passes me. Ah, ah. It's a it's a western, but it's it's a tolerable western. That's all I heard, and I was like, that was better than meeting Jeff Goldblum. What's he talking about? I, I guess he was no in fucking idea. He was in Silverado. Talking. I guess he could have been talking about a movie he wasn't in. I think he was just talking. He was obviously talking about a movie of some kind. Ah uh, ah uh, ah uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, it was the, the end of the world. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Do, do you ever Goldblum. see him on Conan when he like? Oh sure. And Letterman will bring his wife out. I'll be like, ah, ah, my, my beautiful wife. 
Yeah. Uh, she can do a handstand. Yeah. Honey, honey, come out here and make her like do like a handstand. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Really weird. I've seen him many times at like anytime I've gone to a health food store, like four times in mm-hmm. my life, he's been in there with a new, like very hot twenty one year old yoga girl. So well, I guess he's single now, but No, he's married now. Oh. He just had a kid. Well, I hope I didn't blow something up there for him. Yeah. No, this was in the past. This was years ago. Uh I did hear that years ago before he settled down, he was quite uh Oh sure. Quite the man about town. God bless him. Didn't he hook up with like Nicole Richie? Wasn't I think that so. in like the tabloids? He's like you know, at least fifty five, I think. Very he still looks great. Man. He plays uh jazz up at that Rockwell up on Vermont, which I is know. quite nice. I wanna go, but I'm I just wanna I go to meet Jeff Goldblum, and I know he probably doesn't appreciate that. Like he, you know, he probably just wants yeah. to go play music. He's he, a, an, a, he's an amazing piano player. I assume he's got great banter. I mean, I never need to go see anyone play jazz as long as I live. Must have bring Miles Davis spit back. Spit in the face of an entire genre of beautiful American music. I mean, look, I respect that it's the notes that you don't play that are important. Oh God! Here we go. Here we go. Here uh, we go. Speaking of Carson Daly, when my parents came to New York uh, and my sister, I got them all tickets to Conan in, like, front row. I was working there. It was very easy. I was like, can you get in the front row? Whatever. So they're going in, and they're like, who are the guests going to be? And I was like, I don't know. And the night before, um, the guests had been, I think it was Bruce Willis, and the band was U2 or something like that. It was like a, the hugest night in, of Conan's life. Actually, I think it was Springsteen, looking back. Wow. So my parents are like, who are the guests going to be? This is so exciting. We're going to be so close. Here were the guests. Carson Daly, <laughs> who came down one flight of stairs to be a guest on the show. He's a great guy. He's a very nice guy. He's yes. a great guy. Carson Daly. Uh, a professional surfer was the second guest. <sighs> and the third, the band, was D12. Well, that's cool. Eminem, not for your parents. Joe. Was Eminem there? No, Eminem was not there. <laughs> oh, jeez. D twelve parentheses not featuring Eminem. It was Sans Eminem. Yeah. Oh boy. Wow. All right. Not that my parents would have been like, "Ooh, Eminem." I'm actually you know. jealous that your parents got to see Proof before he died, and I never got to see Proof. I'm I, a big D twelve fan. I'm not, and I know I love rap, but I don't know anything about Proof to be honest with you. He's the guy that got killed. That was in D twelve. He was like Eminem. Oh, best right, friend. right, 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 right. Okay. But uh, I would have, I would have very much liked to have seen him before he passed. Yeah. Absolutely, R.I.P. He was a great rapper. Uh, I just realized in this moment, as usual, the half-assed fashion in which we're watching this movie, Eric Stoltz is a good guy, I think. He's a good demon, let's say. He's an angel. No, he's an angel. They're all angels. There's no demons in this except the devil. Yeah. Uh, but I just realized he's a good guy, and I think he teams up with Virginia Madsen. Okay. Because she's the skeptic at first when she meets him. Why did How did this girl get this role? What is going on with the pants? It's a child in 1990. She's got, like, I've never seen a child in, like, full mom jeans, like, belted under the where the tits would be. He's got to put, like, uh, he puts, like, his soul in her or something. Okay. Does she start talking like him? Uh, I'll just. Watch. I don't think. I don't remember. No, I just forget. He's got a, or he takes her soul. Uh oh. Is he gonna kiss this girl? Whoa, that's weird. He's not kissing her. He's just like sucking her soul out. But wouldn't that be a weird scene to shoot? 
Yeah, it would be weird. I would say, gang, how about you? We you, we maybe shoot this as a reverse. Yes, any so other way than me passionately kissing a young girl. Yeah, that was weird. I'm upset now. And now she's puking like it feels a little molesty. Speaking of molesty, as we <laughs> always have to do in these episodes, I just saw Spotlight, the new film with Michael Keaton and Mark Ruffalo about the investigation into the Boston Catholic Church sex scandal. Now, how's, Fantastic movie. How's my boy Keaton in it? Keaton has never been anything but amazing. How's my boy Roof? Ruffalo is great and everybody's raving about him, but he he was better in Foxcatcher. And I don't know why people kind of slept on that performance. He's he tremendous. Was, he was Fox amazing. Catcher, in Fox and Catcher. I wasn't a huge fan of that film, but I thought all yeah. three of them did a really nice job in that movie. I agree, and I was a fan. I like creepy shit like that. I like creepy human. Foxcatcher was another black mass for me. It was tremendous performances. It was well done, but I just kind of found it a little, a little uneventful or something. I completely get what you're saying, and I, they do have a similar tone. They both have that icy blue like filter over them the whole time. Yeah, exactly. That just makes you feel fucking hopeless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, all right, I got to go see that. I was excited to see there was a new Keaton movie out. And they're going to send Spotlight as a screener. It'll probably be up for Best Picture. It's a great, great movie. Now, who plays? Do any, do any people that we know play priests or? They don't. It's not clergy? like that, really. There's a couple. There's a side priest here and there that they talk to, but it's really mostly about the journalism aspect. I love the one with. Uh, I love the one with. Uh, what's it called? What was that one? It was called like Our Fathers or something, but it was, it was the made for HBO one about yep. that scandal. But you had you had Brian Dennehy as a priest. Yeah, that was a good flick. You had Christopher Plummer as the the. Bishop that always creepy moved plumber. all everything around and hit everything. Yes, you had uh, 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 what's the, the lady from The Exorcist? Uh, uh, Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn as the mom whose kids went through it. I think Ted Danson's in it. Danson is in it. Yeah, that's right? a great movie. Fucking great flick, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, really, if you're going to tackle that <laughs> subject, the movie better be pretty good. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to feel pretty exploitative and gross. Yeah. It was, um, it was really good, and then I also saw Brooklyn, which I think will be another awards contender, and that is my favorite movie currently of the year. Which Brooklyn? Brooklyn is a very simple movie. Nick Hornby wrote the script. The guy wrote High Fidelity. Uh-huh. It's fifties uh, uh, Irish Catholic girl moves to New York from Ireland, falls in love with this Italian dude, uh, and then she's got to go back to Ireland. And she's kind of trapped between the two places. I know that I'm not selling this well, but it's a... So far, it sounds like the most boring movie I've ever heard. Sure. And maybe you wouldn't be into it. I don't know. I really fucking loved it. I think you would like it. Who's in it? The star is Siorsi Ronan, the girl who played Hannah. Okay. Which is an awesome action movie. Yeah, I like that girl. Um, And she's great. There's nobody else really in it. I'm not selling it well. Is this a comedy but or a drama? as I started to tell you the plot, I was like, oh, I'm spoiling something, so I'm not going to say it. Is this a comedy or a drama? It's a drama. A couple funny moments. It's like a romance, to be honest, that which is not, nice. not generally my bag, but it's really good. But you left out a big plot point. Like, she's actually a, a cat demon or something like that? She, you know she's a cat demon from the first scene. Right. Um, yeah. But there's more to it than that. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And I thought the, the tagline... 
should have said a young Irish immigrant cat demon, but they left it out. I guess they didn't want to. Right. Or at least. Because, you know, horror least, doesn't do well at the Oscars. At least young Irish immigrant, parentheses, cat demon, and parentheses. Do it yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, you don't see enough parentheses in taglines. No, you don't. You know? No, you don't. I think our uh, podcast description has a parenthesis or two. There's one, you and I kind of wrote the podcast description in a rush, and we wrote it together. There's one f- wording in it that I hate, and I want to change it if we can, but I think it's too late. What is it? I don't know. I'd have to look at it. I get really weird about you know what the tag language line? shit. You know what the tagline for that Green Inferno Eli Roth movie should have been? No, tell me. Welcome to the pain forest. That's what it should have been. Yeah, that would not have. It would have been even less of a hit with the tagline "Welcome to the Pain." Either that or nobody's saving you in this rainforest. You know? Uh huh. Or how about this? Some rainforest shouldn't be saved. There you go. That's what I was trying to do. Okay, that's much better. That's much better. What tag would you give uh, uh, Black Mass? Black. What? What tagline? Yeah. Um, No, I don't have something off the bat. And I was fascinated by what Walken was doing. Yeah, Walken right now is in a grave and he's growling <laughs> and saying he loves this corpse he's standing he over. He said he's a beautiful, mysterious monkey and now he's sniffing the corpse. Yeah. That was probably an improv line, if I had to guess. Hey, uh, I want to do something here about a monkey, if I could. Uh, oh, this is the guy. They're in the grave of the guy. Uh, Stoltz already took this guy's soul. Okay. You can take a soul, I guess. <laughs> Walking is out of control. By the way, I love that the angels are sent down dressed as re- reservoir dogs. Well, that's because this came out like right around that time. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. why Plummer's in it. That's why Stoltz is in it. Miramax is like, let's get anything to do with Pulp Fiction. He looks exactly like Travolta in Pulp Fiction yeah. from the back. He's got the same hair and This everything. was a good time for these for these art house flicks, man. There, a lot of really cool movies came out at this time. My favorite that I so infrequently hear anybody talk about was Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, which I was, liked it. I yeah. really liked that movie. It's a good movie. And it was cl- clearly an attempt at making uh, a, a Tarantino-esque thing. But sure. I love Andy Garcia. Yeah. He never disappoints me. Uh, I love Treat Williams. I love that he plays a guy that eats shit in the movie. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, and Walken is in that movie. Yes, he is. Walken is also in Pulp Fiction, which people Walken forget. is in that movie, and he, he accuses, uh, he accuses uh, Andy Garcia's character of being gay because he does, like, like charity stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, Andy Garcia says, I'm sorry, how does that make me homosexual? And, he, and uh, Christopher Walken's line is, uh, it's always what happens. One day you're saving the rainforest, next day you're chucking cock. <laughs> <laughs> He's Irish in it? No, it's just my shitty walking impression. Oh, my God. That was just a straight-up walking? I wasn't trying that hard. I just remember he says chugging I cock. I he had an accent or something. That was crazy, Joe. Sorry. Well, Maybe he was chugging cock. He's obsessed he, with monkeys. Well, he calls humans talking monkeys. Oh, okay. Movie. Got you. That's his problem. Is like he's trying to kill off the human race because he's like there. He, he's he's he, saying he like, only talks about monkeys when I'm looking was, at these lines of dialogue. Yeah, Walken was saying the angels were second to God. 
right? Mm-hmm. And they did all God's work and everything, and then the humans took 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 uh, uh, God's place. Okay. You know? Yeah. And Vulcan is like, fuck this. I was the main angel. I was Gabriel. I impregnated Mary for Christ's sakes. Oh, shit. You know. But I guess that doesn't mean he boned Mary. No, it's it was immaculate conception, but... Right. It, well, I'm sorry. He didn't impregnate me. He was the angel that came to Mary and said, "You're you're with child." Okay. He gave her the bad news. Okay. You're prego and you're out of wedlock. Yeah. Good luck not getting stoned in this town. You do the uh, the Hunger Games shit. You fuck with that? No. I have now seen three. The fourth one just came out, and I'm like, I was so bored, so amazingly bored by the other three. And now I'm going to go see the fourth because I have to finish this. Well, apparently I couldn't care less how it ends. I don't remember the other ones. The ending, you won't believe your eyes or so. It's one of those things. I'll believe my eyes. I the only reason I like the last one is because it's Seymour Hoffman's last stand. How was how was Seam in it? He's great, and Julianne Moore is solid in it. Um, But it's just like, man, it's boring. All that young adult shit is so boring to me. Except Harry Potter. Oh, wait. I know what just happened. Sorry, I just realized something happening in the movie. Stoltz wasn't taking that girl's soul. He was hiding the soul of that general in her. Gotcha. So so, so Gabriel can't find it. Okay. So that's a very important soul for some reason. And look at this. Goldberg j- plays his right-hand man. He also was doing a walking impression with walking, which is ballsy. Uh, I hey, man. saw, I don't say this with any disrespect, I'm a tremendous fan of the actor, but I saw uh, Pacino and Bobby Cannavale in Glengarry Glen Ross in New York, and Bobby Cannavale was playing Roma, uh-huh. and he was almost doing a Pacino as Roma impression to Pacino. Sure he was. <laughs> it was very strange. When was this? Because I saw it with Alan Alda. Uh, it was the second. It was the revival after that revival. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I saw it, it twice. I saw it once with Pete Holmes. Yeah. And then I saw. And then my friend bought me tickets for Christmas, and I was like, I already saw this, but I'll gladly see it again. Was Pacino playing Shelley the Machine Levine? Yeah, yeah. Everybody was great was he in good it. Good in that. He was great. He was fucking great. John John C. McGinley played uh, I Moss. Like I don't think I'd want to see anyone other than. Lemon play that part even more than Pacino as Roma. <coughs> Lemon to me is as good as you're going to get, and Alda was, did an okay job. But you're not touching what Lemon did. With it was part. hard for me to see anybody in any of the other roles outside of that movie sure. because I was introduced to it by th- from the movie, and, and that movie to me is the most perfect cast. It's a hundred percent flawless casting to me. Yeah, uh, which is hard to say about movies. So. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to see anybody in any role, but like it was good because it was it's also, it was a very different appro- approach. They really played up the comedy in it, right? Uh, which was interesting. Like the McGinley scene with where it's Moss and yeah, uh, uh, yes. Aronel. Yes, that scene is was like hysterically funny right. in their rendition of the play. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, you're just like you just feel so fucking bad for Alan Alda. You're like this guy's getting Alan Arkin, hustled. Yeah. Oh, Alan Arkin, excuse me. Can you do an Alan Arkin impression? I've never tried it, but I will. Um, what are you talking about? Wait, that's not what I told you to do. <laughs> I'll read the next line as Alan Alda. Okay. Yeah, I guess I could have done the one best of his way lines. I can do it. Right now, it just says chanting in parentheses. 
I like how anytime a thing in a different language happens, they just write chanting. Yeah. Put the fucking <laughs> words up. I just realized my Alan Arkin is the same as my Christopher Lloyd, so it's probably not a very good impression. Marty. Great Scott. Yeah. Did you see when they appeared on Kimmel? No. Oh, it was so great, man. Yeah, I'll find it online or whatever. It is online. But they did a thing on Kimmel where it was the day from Back to the Future 2. I remember. And the time machine comes into the studio during the monologue. Mm -hmm. And Marty and fucking Doc get out. Yeah, that's cool. It was great. It lit me up. I've never seen, and I have uh, a couple friends who have written or are writing for Kimmel. I've never seen Jimmy Kimmel. It's pretty good. I don't watch late night like I used to. When Conan went off, I was like, I can't do it anymore. I don't really like watching any late night, but I mean, I think Kimmel does a nice job. Yeah, uh, he did it. He did a hundred percent Star Wars episode the other night. Okay, and he had Carrie Fish. Sure, he had Harry Ford. Sure, do you already have your Star Wars tickets? Of course I do. Yeah. Seeing it first screening on the East Coast uh, opening night. Thursday. See, I'm really hoping, and it is a strong possibility, that there's going to be advanced Oscar screenings, and we might get in a little earlier. Uh, I don't think there is, because I just read a thing about the premiere, Yeah, and they said people like are having trouble getting into the premiere. Right. Like, like they're like, it's like so closed off to just people that were like involved with the movie, like nobody yeah. can bring family. There's people like, you know, Andy Dick is like, uh, I'm Andy Dick, like at the gate. Yeah. Like that that might work sometimes, Andy. But it uh, it uh, what's it called? Um, it it broke the uh, shattered the presale box office record. Okay. It's made fifty million dollars well, sure in presales already. Sure, it would. I can't wait. I bet my friend Keith Robinson five hundred dollars it would outgross the Avengers two. It will. It absolutely will. And he swore to me there was no way in hell it was going to happen. There's actually a 100% chance it will happen. Yeah, it's the easiest 500 Can I bet him, too? He's regretting it now. He's been calling me and being like, God damn it. I mean, I was, ah, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other night, I went and saw Uncabaret, which is like a storytelling show. My yeah. boss did it. And uh, Eddie Pepitone, who makes me, like, scream laugh. I think he's, like, one of the funniest people alive. Uh, he did our show the other night, and he told a joke that's so funny, I keep saying it out loud to myself. What was it? Maybe I heard it. He goes, my grandmother sadly just died. She was murdered by two men I owed money to. <laughs> they needed a name. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't do that. Like, he is the funniest man alive to me. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's up there. I just... I'm, like, helpless laughing when he does his shit, when he's screaming about anything. But he had – he did this bit. I'll come back around because Andy Dick did the show too, which, which is my point. But uh, Pepitone did this thing where – this will only be funny to people in Los Angeles, but he was talking about how he uses Waze here. Uh-huh. And he'd be like, this app, I fire up Waze the other day. I'm, I'm stuck on the 405. I've been sitting there for three hours in traffic, not moving. I I get on Waze. Help me out, Waze, I say. <laughs> and Waze says, buy a gun and shoot your <laughs> way up to the Getty Museum. <laughs> like, the, the audience was, like, breaking glasses. They were laughing. Uh, and then his other deal was uh, this guy came up ahead of time and did a beautiful song with no jokes. 
about his sister being a multiple schizophrenic. Right. And because some of the show is serious, and it yeah, was like people yeah. in the audience were like kind of crying. Sure, so, sure. I was not, but whatever. So Pepitone gets up and he goes, "I didn't know it was this kind of that elegant night." He goes, "I, uh, I guess I could make up a song about my brother." Uh, here we go, a one and a two. He goes, "He's addicted to porn. <laughs> he eats terrible foods and weighs." <laughs> 400 pounds, <laughs> heavy foods, and jacking off is all he does. <laughs> He's 56 years old. I was like, like tears were splashing out of my eyes. I was laughing so hard. So funny. Just a funny looking dude. <laughs> oh, my God. I love him. I hope you hear this, Eddie Pepitone. Why don't I ever tell him? Why don't I, why don't I walk up and say you were hilarious? Oh. Stupid. I should have. One of the greatest... I swear I'm not saying this to compliment myself in any way. But we're talking about Eddie Pepitone, and it was literally one of the greatest moments I've ever had as a comedian. I finally met him in person last year at the Montreal Comedy Festival. I'd never met him. And I saw him in the lobby at this party, and I walked up to him. I was like, Eddie, I just want to say hi. Uh, We've never actually met. And uh, I go, I'm Joe DeRosa. And he goes... Joe Heyman, yeah, I dig you, dude. I dig your stuff. Oh, nice. And I was like, thank you, man. That's a huge fucking compliment. That's very nice. I was like, I think you're just the fucking greatest. You're so funny, man. Yeah. And then he did our show, and we had a great time. He's done the show I write for twice in two different roles, because he's just like, he. I don't know why he doesn't get more like little supporting parts as like scuzzballs, because he kills it. He played a underground subway uh, suit salesman in an episode that I wrote where he was, like, selling suits underground. <laughs> he was, like, he had this bit where he talked about the different colors of the suits, and he was, like, this one's a mustard. It's a beautiful mustard. <laughs> really, really funny. I think the whole scene was cut. Um, Andy Dick gets up. Oh, yeah. He's, like, I only got a couple minutes to talk. Oh, Gross. These are peeled off faces on the screen. The guy that played Casey Jones, what, what's his name? Ezra Miller? Uh, better than Ezra Miller. Okay. He opened a box full of faces. Yeah. This guy collects. <laughs> and seems oddly unfazed by it. Yeah. So Andy Dick gets up, and he's sober, but he's like, I, he said he lived in a facility, and it was kind of sad, and he seemed a little shaky. He's living in a facility? That's what he said. Like, what kind? Um... Like a rehab? I don't know. I, I didn't ask him because he was giving a performance. But then he said, he was talking about how he dated a girl for a year and he kept reaching between her legs to jack her dick off <laughs> and then realizing she didn't have a dick because he was trying to go straight for a year. And we were like, okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> then he goes, I went. I just got back from Ben Stiller's 50th birthday party. He's like, I, you know, I turned down the Will Ferrell role in Zoolander. And we were all like, okay. So then the host goes, why did you turn that down? He goes, because I thought uh, I didn't want to live in Ben's shadow anymore. He's like, now I would literally eat shit out of Ben Stiller's asshole <laughs> to get one line in a movie of this. We were all like, okay, this oh, is getting a little dark. Boy. Then he goes, I also turned down, uh, ah, fuck. It was some huge role in a movie that he probably wouldn't have been as good in, but. You know, like he's just talking about all these big roles he turned down because he thought he was too good for them, and now he can't get any roles. And then he said, uh, 
he got blacklisted by Howard Stern. And somebody was like, why did he get blacklisted by Stern? He goes, ah, I called him on the air. I called him a hook-nosed, money-grubbing Jew. <laughs> and the audience was silent. There was like a couple Jesus audible gasps. Christ. And he goes, I know you don't call people hook-nosed, money-grubbing Jews. Isn't he Jewish, though? I think. I also find it hard to believe that Stern would ban him for that. I feel like Stern is like a— Well, the, Andy like, Dick is clearly the type of person who thinks everyone hates him. You could tell right. even from five minutes. He's like, he hates me. He won't talk to me. Uh, my friend was telling me he did, a, did the show a few weeks back with Andy Dick. And he goes, it was Roseanne was on the bill as well. And I'm it, on the show. And Andy, that's great. I wish she didn't. I, I miss that she doesn't talk like that anymore. I wish she still talked like that. I love Roseanne. I love her. Good. Uh, no, he, Andy Dick's like, boy, this is a big night. He's like, for people in the 90s. He's like, remember the 90s, Roseanne, when you and me were on top? And Roseanne was like, we? And the crowd laughed for like 25 minutes. Is we, Andy? <laughs> I do love Andy Dick on news radio, I'll say that. I love him in everything I've ever seen. And him his in. sketch show was hilarious on MTV. <clears throat> I'm upset that he's that he's fallen on such hard times. I know he seemed okay. He's a self destructive guy. Yeah, but, for sure. You know. But uh, He you also know. did the show I, I work for and he was sober, but he was like three hours late. And we're like, Come on, man. Yeah. We had L- Lindsay Lohan on the show. Same deal. It's like you can't just show up three, four hours late. This like and then act like you're a victim. Patty, what are you dishing the dirt over here? I mean, you're like Perez Hilton right now. <laughs> yeah, this is like your uh, Us Weekly rant last week Jesus. about Matt Damon's divorce rumors swirling. <laughs> Good lord, feeding a kid a mint now. There's a lot of t- t- action with children's mouths. Yeah, in this film, which I'm not loving. Uh, also on the bill, Julia Sweeney. Oh, okay. Who played it's Pat, the character that ruined my childhood. Why? My name is Pat. Oh. So I was like, yeah, things are going okay for me in school. I've also had a hard time, it's despite Pat. the beard t- telling if you're a man or a woman. Well, that's why I grew the beard. It doesn't help. Yeah, but they'd all, they all stopped calling me at Brenda Walsh, which they were calling me at this time, <laughs> and then switched to calling me It's Pat. Is he a boy is or a Brenda girl? Is Brenda Walsh from 90210? Yeah. And I would Oof. be like, I've never seen it, so I don't know what you're making fun of. Like, Because it's a girl's name? That is rough stuff. Brenda yeah. Walsh, that's a tough one. And and not it's not just that they were calling you Brenda Walsh cuz it's a girl. It's almost like they were calling you like a saucy bitch. Yeah, exactly. Which that that hurts. Well, I'm sure uh comedian Brendan Walsh had to deal with that in school as well. I haven't talked to him about it. But that's a great point. I never asked Brendan that. I like Brendan. He's a good guy. I love Brendan. One of the funniest guys I know. Yeah. Can't tell when he's speaking to me if it's real or serious ever. Plays more pranks than I've ever met. Yeah. I'm not a real prank guy. I'm also sarcastic all the time, but whenever anyone talks to me with sarcasm, I just believe it. Which is an annoying quality of mine. He started tweeting me one day with a profile he made for a guy we both know who wasn't on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he made a profile of this guy uh, and tweets people as this guy. And he's a comedian or he's just a friend of yours? He's a comedian. and I know him through comedy. Okay. We're friendly. I don't know him very well. Right. But, so, but, but he, I'm, in, I'm playing the city where this guy lives. Brendan starts tweeting at me, meet me at the mall. Okay. Meet me at the mall. I go to the fucking mall. 
I'm texting the guy, like, where the hell are you? I'm here. He's like, no, 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 that, I didn't tweet you. That was Brendan Walsh tweeting you, pretending to be me. Now you're up at the mall. All, all, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't care. I was going to go to the mall either way. You buy a pair of slacks and you go home. But he would also send messages as this guy to people on Twitter, and he'd be like, hey, man, I had a really weird dream about you last night. Still shaken up. Please call me as soon as you can. <laughs> Just odd messages. This girl's sure. going to have black eyes when her head raises. There's no way. There's no way she's not going to have black eyes when she looks up. She's looking at oh, the I ground. I thought you meant he was going to punch her in the face. No. I, that's, I already made that joke earlier. But if you want to steal my stuff. Uh, no, I didn't hear you say How that. did it not? Ha- Come on. Why do you have her look down at the ground They're speaking? blackish. No, but she was speaking so creepily while staring at the ground for three minutes. Then she looks up and her eyes aren't black. I think they're blackish. They're ABC's breakout hit family sitcom, Blackish. She should have looked up with black eyes and went, Aah! like that. All right. So she's got this soul in her. of, uh, uh, I guess the soul that Stoltz put in her is him is is instructing them now how to defeat this threat of angels weird plot man it's hairy it's a little hairy but that madsen good lord they this independent movie boom in the 90s like there were as many independent movies all of them good pretty much all of them good as there were blockbusters because of like kind of because of tarantino yeah, it's a shame because all the all the indie companies now got bought up by the majors, and they yeah. still they'll they'll do like their signature films with those smaller companies. But yeah, it's still a major. I saw a talk day. after Spotlight, a movie, and the cast is Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Liev Schreiber, John Slattery. It goes on and on and on. And they said three different times the funding completely fell apart with that cast in place. And they couldn't get the movie made. Whose dick do you got to suck these days? It's ridiculous. Michael Keaton coming off a Best Actor win. Can't get the movie made. Uh, He didn't win Best Actor. For Birdman. No, he didn't win. The Oscar? Yeah. He didn't win. I'm almost positive he did. He absolutely didn't because there was that clip of him putting his speech back in his pocket that was going around the internet. So who won? I'll tell you. I used to know know every... Oscar winner from 1929 to whenever I was like 16, and then my memory started going. It's nothing to brag about. No, I was honestly, I'm ashamed saying it. I'm glad I don't remember it. Winners. He won the Golden Globe, or he won something. I saw him give a speech. Uh, Well, he might have, yeah, sure. He might have won the Matthew McConaughey. For fucking Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah, it was a tremendous performance, man. All right. Leto bet one best supporting actor. That was just last year, Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah. No. Well, I Googled Oscar winners 2014. There's yeah. a picture of Ellen. He won in 2015, I think. <clears throat> we didn't have the 2015s yet, did we? Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess. I, I was going to say, guess. I feel like I watched Dallas Buyers Club a long time ago. You're right. I'm thinking the 2015s are taking place sometime before uh, Christmas. It is confusing. They do them the year after. Neil Patrick Harris hosted last year? That was the worst it's ever been. Uh, Best Picture, Birdman. 
Uh, you sub me and you sub Birdman, right? Yeah, together. Um, hold on, I'm trying to find it. There we go. Winners and nominees. Folks, I really think I'm right here. This is exciting. You're a hundred percent wrong. I mean, I bet oh, you wow. money on it. Eddie Redmayne. For oh shit! Yeah, I, I lost my pool because of Eddie Redmayne. Undeserved, Redmayne. No, that kid. I mean, he came in swinging. The movie man. was boring. Well, Everyone's fucking everybody in them. I go to see a Stephen Hawking movie, and like, it's all about infidelity. It's very weird. Oh, they did get into that stuff. I never saw the movie. The whole movie is about everyone <laughs> cheating on everybody. Including Hawking? Oh, yeah. So he cheated before he was like in the wheelchair and everything? Uh, I think both. Cause that, no, he cheated when he was completely incapacitated. Yeah. Like a saying. few years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Redmayne's following it up with that movie where he plays the first cha- transgender man. I mean, he's the Danish girl. Yeah, that kid's not fucking around, man. He's going after the Oscars. He gave one of the most ludicrous performances I've ever seen in the movie Jupiter Ascending. What did he play? Where Channing Tatum plays a half dog, half astronaut. I mean, I don't know why you saw the fucking movie. Because I still go, well, The Matrix was good. But then yeah. Speed Racer and everything else comes out. I mean, they've they never matched it. Never even come within the ballpark. Jupiter Ascending is a real, it's a new low. It's worse than like Cloud Atlas or any of that stuff. So who was who was Eddie in the movie? He was the villain. It was Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum. Also, they're fucking and you're like, well, he's a dog, though. So you are fucking a dog, just so you know. Uh, I'm going to just say this. I don't say it to be mean. It probably is mean. I don't ever need to see Mila Kunis in anything ever again. I could. I have no opinion either way. I can give or take. She can't change her voice. Yeah. And she will always sound like a girl that smokes pot from the 70s. Yeah. Like she. It's like it's 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 distracting to me. The only time I ever thought she was pretty good was in Black Swan, but anybody could have played that part for sure. I loved her in. Uh, I loved her in uh, sa- <clears throat> Saving Sarah Fisher, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh yeah, forget it. Sure, she was. Yeah, she's, she a, was she's romantic comedy. Yeah, she, she was great in that. Sure, but you know, I don't want to see her in Jupiter Ascending. No. I when they cast her as the witch in fucking the Oz, uh, I was like, get well, Jesus Christ, what is happening here? That movie made my dick very soft. They had her as the main witch, and they had fucking uh, uh, Rachel Weisz as, like, the secondary witch. Yeah. What a, the a fuck is witch. going on here? I kept saying, uh, hey, uh, which witch is which? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I said, uh, oh, wait, here's, which, here's, wait, this is the walking line. Which witch is which, folks? This is the scene where Walken says the thing. This is, this is where he says, I think it's, hold on. I think this is, uh, maybe it's not. I kill firstborn babies. There he is. Here it comes. The audience Come isn't on. hearing you right now because they're still laughing at which, Th- which is which. Thank you. <laughs> this is the, these moments are the problem on the podcast if you're not watching the movie because ju- the, all they're hearing is me just going, wait a second, here it right, comes. Right. We're almost there. We're almost there. Uh, Jerry just got shot. Walken has lipstick on now. He does have lipstick on, doesn't he? Yeah, just in that shot. He does. Why? Oh, here it is. Here it is. 
There you go. What a great line. Yeah, I remember that. I kill firstborns while the mamas watch. I turn cities into salt. That's very great. That's a great line. Uh, and the only thing you can count on for all existence is never understanding why. Great dialogue. Yeah. Would you say it sings? I would. Um, somebody, <coughs> Joe was telling me earlier that somebody once told him the dialogue in a certain movie sings. It Would you, could you be? I'm asking you. This is this is the question of the week, listeners. Could you remain friends with a person who saw a movie, and you said, "Ah, oh, how was it?" I tell you, man, the dialogue sings. I would end the friendship. It made me want to see the movie. It's a it's a fantastic movie. I bought it on blind faith. Yeah. Still haven't watched it. It's called Sweet Smell of Success. Yeah, one of these days. 1955 ish. What's about? Um, Five-ish Finkel's in it? No, I said 1955-ish oh. Finkel. I've never seen Five-ish Finkel before the age of 76. <laughs> no, I don't think his mother had. <coughs> uh, Sweet Smell of Success is like a very, very, very dark movie about like a gossip columnist uh, and his like protege, and he kind of destroys him, essentially. It's, just, it's about losing your morals, losing your soul, etc. Did you ever see A Face in the Crowd? Love it. I think that's directed by Elia Kazan. Oddly it is. Enough. Yeah. It is. That is a rough one, man. Yeah. Yeah. That is a rough one. Makes you realize that uh, Andy Griffith is a fucking tremendous actor. Yeah. Never I really had no got the idea. Chance. I just thought he was, like, good. You know, I was like, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah. But I only ever saw him in Matlock and the sitcom. You watch him in that movie, you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. This guy's a fucking tour de force. Yeah, he was great. He never really got a lot of roles either. Can a guy be a tour de force, or can you just have a tour de force? Uh, a performance can be a tour de force. Okay. I don't think a man can be. I a meant tour to say this guy's a powerhouse. That's what yeah, I, I meant to say. Meant. I knew what you meant. Sorry, I'm dumb like that. I'm a little dumb. <laughs> How much longer does this movie have, by the way? That ominous music is continuing. It just keeps saying it. Where's our little Apple TV remote? The you're going to wind up turning this off. Hardest to find remote of all time. Uh, no, because I'll just hit the center button. And it paused. And it paused. Let's unpause it real quick. All right. We got, what's that, 109? This is 137. Got a half an hour. Another half an hour. Well, huh? there's credits. Folks, I hope you listening at home don't find this to be like an endurance test, as Joe clearly does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting nervous because i got to pick my friends up at the airport that's all it's fine they'll be fine i'm sure they're excited to see me have you asked them uh my friend jim coming in loves you tremendously he can't mm -hmm. wait to see it all right he great. was very excited to hear you were coming to thanksgiving yeah hopefully you don't disappoint everybody this year by not drinking again oh i mean i just don't even understand you know our whole thing joe is when you don't drink i never say a word to you i'm like oh good choice when I don't drink, you scream at me. I don't ever scream while at you. drunk. That's not true. Yeah, I'll take a video next time. I don't <laughs> and play it for you the next morning. Listen, we talked this out. You fucking <laughs> pussy. Well, that's a drink a fucking shot. That's joke screaming. First of all, okay. I'm not it has abusing the same volume. <laughs> <laughs> a joke scream is as loud as a scream scream. I don't think you could name a time where I told you I wasn't drinking. You you take breaks. I take breaks. My point yeah. is, it's a holiday. Let's celebrate. I'm going to be drinking. Good. Believe you me. Good. 
I'm actually kind of feeling like getting wine boozy tomorrow. You know what? I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's caressing this girl now. That shot from the back, his hand was dipping too low, folks. Uh, We were in a restaurant once. It was actually the two of us. It was you and myself and Jamie Lee and our good friend Karen Kilgariff. Oh, I we remember were, that. Yep. We were at uh, uh, El Compadre. Yeah, somewhere. No, no, the other time. We were at Mallow. We were at Mallow. Eating Mexican food. And do you remember there was the dad with his daughter? Yes. Rubbing her back, and I kept through the whole meal saying, guys, this is inappropriately, he's inappropriately yeah. massaging this girl. And everybody kept saying, Joe, no, you're you're, you're being ridiculous. It's yeah. his daughter. And I finally got a rooted look, and the second everybody looked, they were like, oh, no, that's weird. I had looked, and I was like, Joe, you're fucking disgusting. You're being ridiculous. And then I looked over, and I was like, no, these two have a relationship. <laughs> it's not father-daughter at all, what I'm seeing. Maybe she had that Webster disease. She was actually 37. A little, little touch of the Simon Birch. Yeah. You know, some people just look young and don't have the disease. Ralph right. Mach is a good example. Me as another good example. Yeah. Machio, uh, little-known movie trivia. He was 52 when he made the <laughs> Karate Kid. <laughs> and my cousin Vinny, he was in his late 80s. <laughs> Still looks good. Bless his heart. He does. Uh, you Now, this has to have been floated around at some point. They did the fucking disgraceful remake with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. Sure. But why not a Rocky Balboa-style Daniel is the Karate Kid? You know, I understand that Macho is not as big a star as Stallone and maybe couldn't you open hear the me? movie. You hear me objecting? Why wouldn't any everyone would go see that? You hear me objecting? And we just said he still looks fucking great. I would kill to see that. Machio comes Machio's in. Machio's training. You'd have to get a big star to play the new Karate Kid because Machio's not going to open your movie. But you get somebody big in there as the kid, somebody not Jaden Smith. I respect the next Karate Kid more than that remake because at least I the agree. next Karate Kid was still canon. I agree, Joe. That that new Karate Kid, A, it was two hours and 20 minutes, and B, the Karate Kid, Jaden Smith, and I'm not projecting what I know Jaden Smith's personality to be, his character was an asshole. Really? Why would you make the Karate Kid an asshole? Why was he an asshole? He's just like cocky and, and like a dick to everybody. And then through the movie, he becomes less of a cocky dick and learns from Jackie Chan. But like Machio was a sweet kid. That got picked on. That got picked on. And needed to learn how to defend himself. And this thing starts and like Jaden Smith's like, hey, you fucking assholes. <laughs> like he's a prick. <clears throat> yeah, Karate Kid's in the house. That's the exact line is, hey, you fucking assholes, yeah. the Karate Kid's that. He actually kicks through the scene screen during the title sequence. <laughs> yeah. And that's how the movie starts. I said, how did this thing get a PG rating if that's the first line? Yeah. Yeah. I heard he, I heard he actually says at one point, it's called sweeping the leg, you cunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I heard that was a line from the movie. I just bought Karate Kid 1 and 2 on Blu-ray. A uh, little box set. And I looked at the Amazon reviews, and this guy was like, the Amazon reviews are always hilarious. But this guy was like, five stars. If I could give it more, I would. He's like, the picture on this movie is the stuff dreams are made of. Oh, boy. I never, I had only seen it on VHS. It was like having a new world opened up to me. Oh, boy. Just on and on and on. So I'm excited to see the picture. Um, I don't. 
I never liked two. I always liked one and three. Oh, I liked two. Two is considered the empire of the Karate Kid series. Fill your mouth with your mother's feces. <clears throat> He's the devil. What do you expect Jesus him to say? He's devil. Uh, oh, I you, remember this part's cool. The, the devil's got like little like creepy minions around him. Yeah. Okay. Um. I I never liked part two. I didn't like that they went to Japan. I think it's a great idea for a sequel. Or do they go to China? I wish I knew, but I don't. I think it's Japan. Okinawa was Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like. It was too like serious. We didn't have the fun of the first. I didn't. I missed the Cobra Kai. Okay. I love that the co- that the guy comes back in the third one for revenge. Right. Um, did I ever tell you the show I pitched with uh, Robert Kelly and I pitched a show to Ralph Macchio? I think you did tell me about that. Yeah. Did I tell you about it on the podcast? No. Uh, years ago, Robert Kelly and I had a meeting with Ralph Macchio. We pitched him a show where we played two agents that got fired from William Morris <laughs> and had to start their own agency. And the only way they could think to make money was by finding actors that weren't working right. and exploit them by making them do terrible gigs. That's a good idea. Uh, and we said, we want you, Ralph Macchio, to be like the third guy in this because right. you have... Like the premise of the show is, you have so little going on. You're just you just hang around the office all the time with us and end up working with us. Did you phrase it tactfully, or were you like we phrased it, it tactfully? It but but he also was very adamantly like, look, I, I like the idea, but you can't make it sound like I failed. He was like, I walked away to have a family. He was like, so that's my one thing. Oh, I, I don't and know I was like, that. okay, that's fair. But the premise was that uh, Williams Vodka, who played Johnny, right. Uh, was having a big Super Bowl party at his mansion, and he wants to hire Ralph Macchio to host the Super Bowl party. Uh-huh. So we tell him, like, you got to go do this. This is good money, man. And Ralph Macchio's like, I'm not doing it. You don't understand. That guy really is a fucking asshole. Like, right. I'm, there's no way. And we're like, it'll be fine. And we can't take him to the party. Williams Vodka's really nice. We're like, you got this, buddy. And then we leave. Uh-huh. And as soon as we leave, they they turn on him like Karate Kid style, <laughs> right. beat the shit out of him. Uh-huh. Rock is like, I paid twenty five grand to get you here just so I could kick the shit out of you one more yeah, time. That's funny. Machio ends up in the end of the episode. He really liked this part. Face down in traction, and uh-huh. I said, and we're going to shoot it like the end of the Outsiders when you die. Right. <laughs> Except you're calling us cocksuckers, uh-huh. and it's not sad. It's funny. He was like, I love that idea. Yeah. He's like, as far as fighting Billy's vodka. Called him Billy's Vodka. Uh-huh. He goes, people have been trying to get us to fight again on screen for 30 years. There's a reason we haven't done it. And I was like, okay. I guess maybe they have tried to reboot it with them or something. He just didn't like He didn't like retreading that. But he loved the outsider's idea. Did you feel like Machio really walked away to have a family? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. He he, he like lives in Long Island. He had... He... You know, he was still doing stuff when he stopped. Like, yeah. he was in My Cousin Vinny and, you know... Right. There's there's like a very clear end to him doing movies. Yeah. It's not like he did a bunch of bad ones and faded away. It's right. like it just stopped suddenly. Yeah. So I believed him. But now what's weird is like Machio, let's say, first Karate Kid, he probably made, let's say, max $250,000. Then each additional one he might get a mill or something. Like... How is that money hanging in now 30 years later? Well, dude, you're forgetting that he was, like, 
a huge box office draw for like five years. I guess so. He had that run where he did like Crossroads. Yeah, all right. He did. He uh, got his money. He made his money. He does TV stuff. He works okay. when he wants to work. Like he made that clear, and I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's sitting pretty. All right, fair enough. He also might have got to deal with the Karate Kid, where they're like, "Look, man, this is going to pay shit up front, but if it's a hit, you'll make it on the back end." And he might have made a lot of fucking money on the back end. They didn't True. know better about those deals back then. Yeah, that's why that was a better time to work. Yeah, that's why Lucas is so fucking rich. You know? Yeah. How did that guy have that foresight? How did he have the fucking foresight to be like, I just give me the merchandising money on this movie? It's just having complete belief in yourself, I it's guess. It's so crazy that he knew that he knew to do that. He's uh Walken is now sitting in a diner with blood all over his shirt <laughs> and with a mental patient. And a mental patient in a hospital gown played by uh Amanda Plummer. Amanda Plummer. Related to Christopher Plummer. Daughter? I believe so. I believe so. And is Br- Michael and Virginia Madsen bro and sis? Yep. Okay. Oh, we got the whole thing connecting here. Yeah. I love Christopher Plummer. He's a great actor. The Insider is a fantastic movie. What am I going to do? Beat him to death with this notebook? Yeah. I like that part a lot. Plummer fucking kills on The Insider. He kills it. He's also in Danny Collins. He plays his okay. manager. He must be friends he's with tremend- Tremendous. Tremendous. It's the only time I've ever seen him play a character like this. He's like a... Like a prickly like old bastard kind of okay you know yeah like he's got a lot of line like keeps having to go to jersey to deal with pacino right and he keeps going for two reasons number one i'm your best friend number two do this so i can get the fuck out of new jersey like i've never seen him play that kind of guy yeah did you see beginners no i heard it was very good it's so good I own it. I'll loan it to you if you want. It's actually on Netflix Instant. I was supposed to audition for that movie. What part? The Ewan McGregor role? Uh, I doubt it was the McGregor role. The dog? <laughs> There's a, a cute dog in it. Um, yeah, no, I don't I, I don't know. I, I wasn't able to do the audition, though, because I had a commitment and I couldn't make it. But It's weird because I can't think of any role that you would have or could have played. Maybe it was cut. It's a numbers game where you go in and fucking, you know. Yeah. I also auditioned to play the role that Zach Galifianakis got on board to death. Okay. So you're like, did I really have a shot at this? <laughs> I auditioned for another thing once that David Cross got. Uh-huh. Like, well, of course you hired David Cross. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you even bring me in here? Speaking of Speaking of David Cross... Uh, I just saw a preview for the new Chipmunk movie. Is he in it? I'm sure he is. It was just a little teaser. I have not seen any of the Chipmunk movies, but it was Out of the Chipmunks. The second one was called The Squeakle, yep. which, is, which is a good title, let's be honest. <laughs> the third one, they dropped the ball so hard. It is called Alvin and the Chipmunks yep. Road Chip. Yeah. And I looked at it for like two minutes until I was like, oh, like Road Trip? The That's Road Trip. terrible chip. title. Took me ten minutes to fig- to remember that they're chipmunks and not squirrels. And I was like, wait, why is it Chip? <laughs> yeah, well, it is called but, Alvin. And, and, and then the I was chipmunks. like, wait, is Chip and, are Chippendale in this? No, that's different. The Rescue Rangers? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my fucking head around it, man. 
It's kind of amazing that Alvin the Chipmunks, for whatever reason, makes $500 million. I guess kids always love that sped-up record player sound. But the Chip and Dale people aren't like, hey, let's reboot Chip and Dale. Or maybe they are. Maybe well, right now in speaking some... Speaking of reboots. Yeah. Your favorite co-host, Pat. Joe. Just got an audition uh, to read for Launchpad McQuack <laughs> in the DuckTales reboot. Movie? No, TV show. Oh, wow. That's big. That would be some juicy cash. That's big. I get my hands on that. Animated or are you wearing like a bill and... Uh, everything's animated except me. <laughs> and I actually like, play I'll a... get you ducks. I play a human. No, Launchpad's their friend. He's like the dumb guy that flies oh, the Oh, yeah, plane. the big... It's like, God, like, jeez, oh, guys! Yeah. One of the notes in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, they give you notes on, like, this is how we want the character to be. Uh-huh. Said, uh, we're not looking for put-on cartoony voices here. Make it real. Wow. <laughs> Get back to the real Launchpad McQuack. Yeah, I don't know. I, every time I audition for a cartoon, it says that. Yeah, it always says like, "Don't put a, don't put a voice on." Like, just they want it to just be your voice. Okay, which means I'm not getting it. Yeah, because does this sound like the voice of Launchpad McQuack to any of you? Not from what I remember. Mm, no, no, like Jeff Garland has a Launchpad McQuack voice. That's no! true. Pete Yeah. That's my Jeff Garland as Launchpad impression <laughs> if you didn't figure it out, by I the got way. It. Yeah. You'll like to howl. Did he, did Christopher Walker just say it's your night to howl or you, you'll like to howl? You all like to howl. You all like to howl. Terrible stunt double. What does that mean? I missed the first part of the line. I love Walken is putting a certain uh, effect into his voice, not post, like he's doing it on purpose, where he's making it real growly, and it, it's great. Mm-hmm. I've never heard him growl like this. It works really well for him. It's very good. That rag rat he just called Virginia Madsen. Well, earlier he was telling people to watch their profanity. Now he's calling people rag bitches. Well, because the guy said, God damn it. Oh, and he said, you're going to have to watch that profanity. He's an angel. Got it. He's a soldier of God, Pat. You understand? Yeah, I do. Do they? I'm sure they explained it and we missed it because we're fucking yapping for the sake of the listeners. Yeah. Did they explain why God never comes down to help out the way devil does? Mm, I don't think so. He keeps going on with this monkey thing. I almost said this monkey business. <laughs> Maybe the sequel is God's Revenge or something. But God's a God's a good guy. Yeah, I know, Joe. This is exactly the plot to Constantine. Joe just told me God's a good guy. Well, thanks. God's Joe. revenge doesn't make sense. There would be no revenge with God. Well, maybe the sequel is God turning the other cheek for ninety minutes. <laughs> The other butt cheek. Oh. Then it begins. The sequel is a lot zanier than this one. <laughs> uh, the yeah, this is the plot of Constantine. But Constantine was a comic book long before a film. So I wonder if the prophecy was ever accused of taking stuff from the Constantine comics. Probably. How is Constantine? The movie? Yeah. Fucking awesome. I have it on my DVR. It's, it's fucking Keanu Reeves awesome. and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it's great. All right, I'll watch it. 
It's great, and it's it's. I mean, that's like that's like Pacino the, and De Niro and Heat. It's <laughs> that that pairing finally, LaBeouf and Reeves. My Heat pairing would be Justin Long and LaBeouf together, <laughs> in something. Wow. Uh, met Long the other night. It's hard not to have a man crush on that guy. I've met Long. He's a nice guy. Very nice guy. Eerily nice. Uh, what was I just going to say? Oh, Constantine. It's the turn. It's the it's the Reeves turn when Reeves became cool. Okay. Now there's that turn with Reeves. It was like Keanu was like you love Bill and Ted and all that stuff, and then right. he did all those movies where everybody was like, "What is with this guy?" Yeah. And then he turned and got cool again. Yeah. That's like, like right in there. Like he plays like a badass. You saw John Wick, right? I didn't. I want to see it. It's fucking awesome. I want to see that new one where Knock Knock. I like Knock Knock a lot. I didn't see it. You saw it already? I did. Watched it on demand. Was it out already? No, it was one of those you could buy it for five bucks on iTunes the day it came out in theaters. And it was good? It was. Eli Roth, I mean, it's uh, it's not perfect. It's that's Reeves actually has a couple scenes where he's doing, like, Nicolas Cage and The Wicker Man. Like he's just embracing the fact that he's not a strong actor. <laughs> and it's funny, but it's very ballsy because he risks becoming a joke. But John Wick's got him now. Uh... I the guy from Big Bang Theory does the best Nicolas Cage impression I've ever seen. Which one? The kid that plays the the, the kid that looks kind of like Ben Stiller on the Big Bang Theory. Uh, he also ben does an Stiller. amazing Ben Stiller impression. Talking about Johnny Galecki? No, not the, him. Simon Helberg. Oh, that was good makeup. Was good effect. Was that the little girl? Uh, she spewed out this fucking soul. Finally, oh, wow, that is not a good special effect. That's not bad. This thing is going to kill Walken. Anyway, he does an amazing Nicolas Cage impression, and he did it on Conan, and he talked about the end of The Wicker Man when Nicolas Cage stands up and goes, You bitches! Okay. And it was very funny. I met, I had a meeting with Simon Helberg, and he was very quiet. He must just be like one of those people who turns it on. I always see him at one of my local bars. Not always. I've seen him a few times at one of my local bars. Which one? You arrested? I don't want to give up his spot. Not Joe's. Let the guy go. I give him a little more credit than to think he'd be at Joe's, where you always want to Joe's? There is no bar. You mean Jay's bar? I hate that bar. Why do you hate it? I've said a million times I hate it, and you're always like, we're over at Jay's. It's fine. It's There's nothing splashy about it. It's not divey. It's just a bar, and you go in, and you fucking... Wish you were somewhere else. You have a nice time. All right. It's a good bar to get a drink with a lady, I find. I, I would take a lady to good luck. Good luck is fun, but it's a little, it can be a little depressing because it's dark in there. All and bars are dark. What? What? It's very dark in there. All right. It also doesn't open until like, it's not open at like happy hour. Well, I like to take a lady out at about 2 a.m. Do you? Yeah. Because then you know you got a better chance of sticking your prick in. I'm like, let me just get you home. And I put my cape around her. I, I, I like to wear capes on dates also. Sure, of course. A long flowing cape. Now, when you are having sex with a girl, do you, do yes. you refer to your member as your prick or your <laughs> hog? <laughs> my sweaty hog is usually what I say. <laughs> right. You ready to take this sweaty hog is usually what I'll say. Right. Take it all the way, bitch. I'm well, kidding. Okay. I'm, not, I'm just I'm totally all joking. Right. I, w- I just thought of a Freddy Krueger way to say it. And yeah. I just said it, so I said it. 
Uh, I like uh, sweaty hog. Subtitle just said, lead the light on, Thomas. So whoever did the subtitles for the prophecy, let's focus on your job. Should have said lead. All right? I'll also say, uh, take my cum hose. Oh, God. I'll say that. Uh-huh. I'll say when I'm when I'm about to when I'm about to have an orgasm I'll go pull the ripcord baby pull the ripcord. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, f- a friend of mine who has this killer story. She's a beautiful young lady, married now. I won't reveal her name, obviously, but she was having sex and she told me the story. She was like, "I don't know what to tell you. I had sex with this big fat guy. Um, I just liked him." We went out. We had a good time. I liked him. I went home. And she was on top having sex. And when he comes, he puts his hands out like jazz hands and does this, like waggles his hand, both hands out like jazz hands and shakes them around. And he goes, I'm going to explode. <laughs> I, I was so blown away. She was like, I've never been less turned on in my entire life. But I love that just, story. You hear, you just hear the creaking sounds of a vagina drying. <laughs> sounds I like a love, Doritos bag. That, that guy that after he's done has got to be like, so uh, sorry about all that. <laughs> so eggs? <laughs> yeah. I'll show myself how. I had sex with a girl once years ago. And while we were having sex. You'll do sex, it again. You'll do hopefully, it again. Hopefully. We'll see. While we were having sex, she went, Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe is fucking me. <laughs> what? Hilarious. She it was narrating it? It was so hard not to laugh. It was so hard not to laugh. That's somehow worse. Quite flattering, too. Folks, we just hit the uh we just hit the credits. I'm sorry to leave you with the image of someone yelling Joe is fucking me. <laughs> These people are going to have to take a shower. The subtitle during the credits, by the way, is upbeat music parentheses. This is upbeat. Uh, folks, this is the show, and this was The Prophecy. Thanks for listening to We'll See You in Hell, a presentation of the Fangoria Podcast Network, produced by Thomas DeFeo, executive produced by Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment. For press opportunities, advertising inquiries, and information about We'll See You in Hell, contact Ken. He's at Ken at Fangoria.com. Uh, if you're in the New York area, I'm headlining Gotham Comedy Club December 18th and 19th, five shows uh, over the course of two nights. Please come out to see that. And happy Thanksgiving. Follow me on Twitter, Joe DeRosa Comedy. Uh, Patty, you want to plug? I am at the Patrick Walsh. Uh, Twitter, Vine, Instagram, etc. And, uh, you know, that's all I got. I want you to have a good Thanksgiving. I'm doing fine. I don't need you to come out and see my shit. <laughs> uh Happy Thanksgiving to you. Keep tweeting us. Give us five stars. Give us those great reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks, folks. Take care.